Welcome to My Beautiful Stories, our conversations about finding the magic in the mundane. If you enjoy My Beautiful Stories, please support us. We are currently unfunded and all your support is gratefully received. Welcome to My Beautiful Stories. Hello, everyone. We are very happy to be back after a sizable break. We hope you all had a good summer, good holidays, even though the situation might not have allowed you to do whatever you wanted, but... We still hope you are refreshed and relaxed. Hang on, what situation do you mean? Do you mean the travel restrictions? The world situation, which is different <laughs> from a normal year. Okay. Here is an update on my beautiful stories. We have reached our target to start a new season, and that's all with your support. So thank you very much for that. We really feel so grateful of all the supporters who have been with us from the very beginning and kept cheering us on and do so now still in a variety of ways. So we are very excited to announce the start of a new series today, a series called The Stories of Things. To ensure that the podcast remains visible, we do need your continued support. So please continue to support us via our coffee platform, That's www.ko-fi.com forward slash my beautiful stories. All right, so tell us a bit more about the new series. The series is called The Stories of Things and it starts by featuring three stories of three things that are meaningful in our lives. That's yours and mine. Those things that we have kept, that we have carried with us from house to house. Well, in our case, from country to country. And even when the minimalist fashion took us over, we still did not remove them from our possession. What makes us keep those things? How do they shape our sense of self? What makes them meaningful to us? Anyway, these are just some of the questions that we will answer in the next, over the next few episodes. But we also believe that you own such things as well. You, our community. So a little bit like with the series of stories of 2020, we would like to bring your own stories to the podcast as well. Let's bring those things that are not just things into the limelight. So if you would like your story about a thing that is meaningful to you to be featured on the podcast, send it to us either on the website stories.com or on my Instagram account, send me a message at stories. My grandmother was child five of 13 in a shepherd's family. They lived on a farm in a village in Transylvania. Her father and some of her brothers spent most spring, summer and some of the autumn up the Carpathian Mountains with their and their neighbors' sheep. The other children would see them from time to time when they deliver polenta, vegetables and dried meat for sustenance and bring back to the house white cheese and milk. Though proud of their roots, trade, and of their mountain, the family were never rich, and found it hard to raise all children as they would have liked. And thus, some of the daughters were sent to learn a trade as soon as they could. When she was nine years old, it was grandma's turn to leave school and travel south. She was a seamstress apprentice and lived on her own in a room in her master's house. The seamstress admired grandma's work and resilience so much that she offered to adopt her, not having had children of her own. 
But Grandma was frightened at the prospect of swapping one family for another, albeit rich and loving. So she ran home, fell in love, and this was only the beginning to a very eventful life. So what about her trade? Because she learned to be a seamstress there. Her love of sewing remained, and I kind of inherited that. And she continued to sew her siblings' clothes back home, and she continued to weave carpets and tablecloths on their family loom. A few months before her only daughter's wedding, that's my mother, Grandma took a train to a remote monastery in the south of Romania to spend some time with her childhood friend, a nun. Everyone thought she had gone there for holiday, respite or as a retreat. What they did not know is that grandma and her nun-friend sat by the loom each day and weaved a carpet, or a kilim, as it's now known. Rectangular and ochre, with a black border, it's decorated with flower motifs, leaves, lily of the valley, tulips, and birds. It's a traditional carpet, one that would be woven each generation and presented at girls' weddings, adaptable in use, It could equally be a bedspread, a wall covering, or an actual carpet. Exactly two weeks after first entering the monastery, Grandma phoned my mother asking for transportation home, and the carpet arrived, rolled like a parchment, in Bucharest. I recollect Grandma telling about how the carpet was made. She argued that it would be impossible for one person to carry on all the work so she had gone to the monastery to help. She would be the one to prepare the fresh wool, help dye and dry it, and assemble separate spools for each section. Her friend, who held inside her the secret pattern for the carpet, would weave each thread gently in and gently out, through hard-wired vertical, thick-weft thread, stopping from time to time to align them. Sometimes the shed stick that's the wooden stick separating the threads, would drop. The tension in the thread would be lost and words would pass. Or would they retrieve their work peacefully and resolutely, I wonder? Yeah, it reminds me a bit of the process of recording this podcast in the amount of clicks I need to do and the words sometimes pass. I guess the words drop just like those threads and the tension is created rather than lost. I imagine the room they sat in minuscule and sparsely furnished, as all monastery dwelling, perhaps a plain vase would sit by the narrow window with some roses. All monasteries in Romania seem to be surrounded by climbing roses, just as an additional structure. Indeed, it was a monastery in Romania that gave me an idea to make jam out of rose petals. And therefore, when you garden, you treat more favorably only the ones that we can eat. The walls of the monastery cell would be white. A simple handmade carpet would sit on the stone floor. I imagine birdsong outside and fair weather. And then grandma and her friend sitting side by side. I wonder, how had they sourced the second chair? Was it a three-legged stool, perhaps, which had been gathering dust in the corner of the room from time immemorial? Her friend had spent most of her life in that one monastery room, and this was not the first time that Grandma was visiting. Were they interrupted by the sound of bells calling them to mass or the refectory? Did they sometimes skip supper, taking an apple or a frugal bread in the room instead? 
Or maybe they took their time and weaved long walks in between working shifts, weaving threads of joy in the loom of their lives. It always seemed to me that Grandma had a special connection with this one friend, and they did continue to visit each other, often, until their death. I like to believe it is this carpet that united them, the intensity of focusing on one thing for an extended period of time, having its unique, uniting skill. My mother buried that carpet deep inside one of our wardrobes and postponed laying it on the floor. At the beginning it might have been fear of spillages and damage that young children bring with them. Later, I believe, a plan was secretly harbored into her mind. I will have to add a small clarification because I was there when this carpet was unveiled and First of all, it wasn't in the wardrobe, it was between the wardrobe and the bed, kind of very neatly actually uh, put away. I was quite impressed when your mum got it out that something so big could have been stored in uh, such a small place. Uh, and uh, I guess another thought is, it. Uh, I remember from the smell I could tell it was safe from the moth for another 10-20 years easily. Yeah, I do remember the smell of naphthalene as well, but it has finally left the carpet. Okay, so shall we re-record from my mother buried the carpet deep inside one of the wardrobes, or shall we just allow for authorial intent here? I think it sounds better, like you said it. So the carpet was eventually given to me when I got married, and now hangs on our living room wall. It sits absorbing small particles of dust, voices of children, and stories of the 21st century and it breathes out the lives and stories of a century and people past. And if I may just add, we also changed the location of the carpet a bit, like you mentioned, people did in Romania, because originally we put it on the floor, and then when our very small kids started to walk and eat and do all sorts of things on it, we thought that's that would be a bit of a pity to wear to destroy this carpet so we hung it on the wall but we didn't have a large enough wall to let it spread fully so it hangs kind of folded halfway on a curtain pole and it's obviously very difficult to explain until you see the picture of the carpet but there is something in those traditional patterns which just allows you to follow them and stare at them for a very very long time and remember different patterns from my childhood and is there's definitely something to the patterns on this carpet that you can just keep following. So now for the discussion part. First, at the beginning, I wanted to come clean because we had an episode in the past when we talked more about how attachment to things is not such a good thing for you. But I think I remember I qualified that, you know, certain things like this, like a thing that is passed through the family and carries a history and meaning, uh, are valuable. However, even though this is the episode telling an interesting story and how uh, lucky we are to be in possession of this carpet with a history, I think the generic point still stands that if your mum 
didn't put enough naphthalene and it got eaten by the moth or uh, anything happened to it our kids did something to it that it wouldn't be a disaster you know it's interesting but the attachment should be with a sense of perspective indeed and i think it was a very valuable possession for my mom so she aimed to protect it in its perfection and while doing that she never really had it on show on show or just didn't enjoy it, couldn't reflect upon what her own mother did and her life like you can now because i guess what is essential is that we have these conversations and we do remember the people behind the objects and the experiences behind the making of those objects for me personally the carpet is a wonderful prop to share some of my history and culture that is almost entirely lost for our children seeing that i live in a different country and can't really give them much of that time and place but it's interesting that you use the word prop because i think in its essence that's what it is it's the fact that it's there that the stories can be told about it the stories that kind of are circumnavigating the carpet but it's not about the carpet it's about the history the people and your background but without the prop it can be not so easy to do if i compare it with my family who when uh, my parents died there was in the flat there was nothing almost <laughs> to take from it you know it's just the flat um so i i would have i don't have that many props maybe i don't know some mom's recipes that she handwritten and so on but you know it's not about the value it's just that in order to bring back some of the memories to our kids i uh, i have to struggle a bit more because i don't have mm-hmm. a prop so i guess the conclusion is that we keep it on the wall we are not going to bring it back to the floor or what no no not in the near future anyway although i know you try to bring the meaning of the carpet to them but i think the most meaning and use they find for it is when they play hide and seek behind it the recommendation for this episode is the film constantin she elena by andrei daskalescu it was released in 2009 and i will put a link on my website and the film has a carpet in it actually although it's not about the carpet It's about it's a beautiful film documentary really about an older couple and their love for each other and why we linked that film to uh, grandma's carpet is that a female character in the movie does a lot of carpets for all of her family and you can actually see the loom that you make the carpets on but it was really really beautiful and we watched it with uh, with different generations watched it and we all found it very very touching and funny this is it for this week do you have a story about a much loved object we would love to hear from you send your stories on stories.com or on instagram at @stories thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed it and until next time until next time for more my beautiful stories go to stories.com You can also find details there on my beautiful stories coffee club where you can support us. <laughs>